Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Luke 17. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? (laughs) Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has healed you. You probably know the story. Um, If you've kind of been in church at all a little bit. And uh, that's me trying to put my password in. (laughs) Just think about leprosy for a minute. Horrible disease. Still prevalent in various parts of the world, especially in poor places where there's um, less sanitation. And um, it's actually an, a lowered immune system renders a person um, susceptible to this disease. And uh, it's been called the oldest disease because it's been identified reported as early as 600 BC in India, China, and Egypt. And we tend to think of it as as a skin disease, but it's actually a disease of the nervous system, and it affects uh, the nerves. The leprosy bacterium attacks the nerves. It's also known as Hansen's disease, and it's contagious. It's mildly contagious, but people, because of fear, kind of think of it as being very contagious, and so they avoid people with it, etc., and put them in colonies, and they still do this around the world now. It's not just a disease of yesteryear, it still affects 200,000 people a year are diagnosed with leprosy around the world. And it, it starts in the skin, but then it goes on to the mucous membranes, and then to the... Uh, it's like, it starts with like a discoloration perhaps on the skin, and then it spreads and it, into the nerves, and, it, and it, you get these lumps, and, and, it, and it's on people's hands and feet, and their face and earlobes, and um, patients start to experience disfigurement of the skin. And the bones start to twist. The limbs start to twist. And uh, curling of the fingers to form a characteristic claw hand in the worst cases as it goes on like that. And facial changes mean that the, the outer ears get thickened and the nose collapses and tumours go into the respiratory tract and into the optic nerve. It's horrible. There's a guy called uh, Dr. Paul Brand who wrote um, a couple of books together with Philip Yancey, who you may have heard of. 
And his life's work, he devoted himself to um, lepers, to go into leper colonies. And um, he wrote a book, he wrote a couple of books actually, amazing, really worth a look. But one of them he called The Gift of Pain. You might think, well, how can pain be a gift? And they start off by saying that. And they look at, you know, the whole idea that, you know, we think pain must be a terrible thing. Of course, it's an awful thing to have pain. Why would God let us suffer pain? Um, But actually, people with leprosy, because of their nerve damage, end up not able to feel pain. And as a result of that, they'll go and pick up a sharp knife and it will slice into their fingers and they won't even feel it. Or they'll pick up something you know, it's really hot out of a fire and they won't go out and drop it. They'll just hold on to it and then it will damage their hands and then infection will come and they won't even know that they've got infection because they won't feel it and it's just doing this horrible work. And Dr. Brand spent lots of his life trying to find ways to artificially create pain in some way by lights and pressure and things like that so that his patients would be able to be protected by pain. He said, um, I cannot think of a greater gift that I could give to my leprosy patients than pain. There's a lot of leprosy in the Bible. 68 times the word appears in different variants. 55 times in the Old Testament, 13 times in the New Testament. And here, there's this passage about 10. Wretched forgotten, disheartened, lonely, lepers, hopeless people. No hope. Just sticking together as long as they could. In various leper colonies, apparently over the years, you can see that they might, two people might join together and you might have one who carries another one so that the one who's still got hands can do stuff while the one who's still got feet can walk and things like this to be able to to make a living together as long as they possibly can. And um, in Jesus' time, it was so prevalent, anybody could be at risk any time, so people were terribly fearful of it. And um, they would have to, they would make them go away from everybody else, and they would have to shout that they were unclean. Because the idea was that behind this, of course, God must have cursed these people, and they must have done something terribly wrong to have this awful curse come, come upon them and um, so they, were, they had to tell everybody else don't come near me don't come near me we're going to watch a short video and um, it's a story like one of these these people would, uh, would have had so we'll just watch this next video please one year during the harvest my grip on the scythe seemed weak just one there's 10 of them and they all have leprosy and there's no cure and they're um, they've had to leave their homes they've had to go and live at a distance away from everybody else and then they hear that Jesus is coming don't know how they heard that but they hear Jesus is coming and so he's he's near he's near enough perhaps they hope for him to be able to hear them if they really shout 
and there's 10 of them, and 10 people who are desperate can really shout loud. So they're off at a distance, it says, but somehow Jesus hears them, and he, what's that? And he can hear them, and they're shouting, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. It's a great prayer, actually, short but sweet. The Eastern Orthodox Church and the Russian Orthodox Church have a, um, a thing called the Jesus Prayer. Have you heard of it? It's a good prayer. Why don't we pray it out loud together? Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's just a good prayer to pray when you don't know what else to pray. It's a short prayer, but it's a really powerful prayer. They say it's the powerful prayer. They, they believe it, it, the, the power in the prayer comes from its humility. It's from recognising that there's things I can't do and there's things that only God can do. So just to pray that, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. If you're stuck for something to pray this week, remember that one. He'll answer it. He answers them. They shout, he hears. And just to get a little more deeply into your imagination, the words of that video are from a writer by the name of Max Licado, who wrote a book called Just Like Jesus, and the story is in, in that. And here's how it carries on. I'll read it to you. How I repulsed those who saw me. Five years of leprosy left my hands gnarled. The tips of my fingers were missing, as were portions of an, of an ear and my nose. At the sight of me, fathers grabbed their children, mothers covered their faces, children pointed and stared. The rags on my body couldn't hide my sores, nor could the wrap on my face hide the rage in my eyes. I didn't even try and hide it. How many nights did I shake my crippled fist at the silent sky? What did I do to deserve this? But I never heard a reply. Some think I sinned. Some think my parents sinned. I don't know who sinned. All I know is that I grew so tired of it, sleeping in the colony, smelling the stench. I grew so tired of the bell I was required to wear around my neck to warn people of my presence as if I needed it. One glance and the announcements began. Unclean, unclean, unclean. Several weeks ago, I dared to walk the road to my village. I had no intention of entering. Heaven knows I only wanted to look again at my field, gaze upon my old home, and see, perhaps, the face of my wife. I did not see her, but I saw some children playing in a pasture. I hid behind a tree and watched them scamper and run. Their faces so joyful, their laughter so contagious, that for a moment, just a moment, I was no longer a leper. I was a farmer. I was a father. I was a man. Infused with their happiness, I stepped out from behind a tree, straightened my back, breathed deeply, and they saw me. Before I could retreat again, they saw me and screamed and scattered. One lingered behind the others. One paused and looked in my direction. I can't say for sure, but I, I think, I really think perhaps she was my daughter. And I don't know, I can't say for sure, but I think she was looking for her dad. That look is what made me take the step I took today. Of course it was reckless, of course it was risky, but what did I have to lose? He calls himself God's son. Either he will hear my complaint and kill me or accept my demands and heal me. Those were my only thoughts. I came to him as a defiant man, moved not by faith but by desperate anger. God had wrought this calamity on my body. He'd either fix it or end it. 
And then I saw him, and when, when I saw him, I was changed. You must remember, I'm a farmer, not a poet, so I can't find the words to describe what, all, what I saw. All I can say is that the Judean mornings are sometimes so fresh, the sunrise is so glorious, that to look at them is to forget the heat of the day and the hurt of times past. When I looked at his face, I saw a Judean morning. Before he spoke, I knew he cared. Somehow I knew he hated this disease as much, no, more than I hate it. And my rage became trust and my anger became hope. From behind a rock, I watched him descend the hill. Throngs of people followed him. I waited until he was only paces from me. Then I stepped out. Master. He stopped and looked in my direction, as did dozens of others. A flood of fear swept across the crowd. Arms flew in front of my face. Her faces. Children ducked behind parents. Unclean, somebody shouted. Again, I don't blame them. I was a huddled mass of death. But I, some, I scarcely heard them. I scarcely saw them. Their panic I'd seen a thousand times. His compassion, however... Sorry, his compassion, however, I'd never beheld. Everybody stepped back except him. He stepped towards me. See, Jesus is somebody who doesn't back away from us. He steps towards us. When everybody else might back away, Jesus steps towards us. <coughs> And this guy knew what it was to meet with Jesus and to have no other options but to just ask, to ask for him to have mercy on him. Everybody else would have told that man and his friends, you're just going to die and that's the end of it. And there's no hope and there's no future. It was useless to ask for help. But at that point, that's when they came to Jesus. Now when Jesus spoke, he said to them, Something simple. Go and show yourself to the priests. That's it. Now, the, the problem with that is, that's what you did when you were well. You went to the priest to show him that you no longer had leprosy. It was like, it's better now, and so I'll show you to the priest. They wouldn't make, you know, it's like going, it's like saying to somebody, uh, it's not saying go to the doctors, it's like go to outpatients or something. Discharge yourself from the hospital now. That's really what he's saying. It's like, it's like act as if, do the thing as if you're already better. Which is weird, really. It was like he wanted them to do something that they would do as if they were healed. We, we, we were, our first church we were in was in a place called Colompton in Devon, a really lovely place. And uh, we saw some things happen there. It was like there was a real move of God. It's all the thing I can describe it as. There was, there was meetings where worship would go on and there'd be, you could just feel, feel the power of the presence of God. And we had at one point a guy who came over and spoke, a guy called Jack Deere, who'd written books about healing and all this kind of stuff. And he came across... I mean, a special meeting, and we, we actually said to people, bring your friends, especially people who are, who are uh, sick. And um, now I don't know how this works, because not everybody who came to those things went away healed. But I remember standing outside this meeting and looking, and over the, this beautiful church, which was St. Andrew's Clompton, there was this massive rainbow. And I've always seen, whenever there's a rainbow, I'm like, I'm grabbing that as a sign of the presence of God. It's like, this is, 
you know, this is, God's going to do something. He's promised something. And I kind of see, it always builds my faith whenever I see a rainbow. And um, so I was hoping and praying something might happen. And uh, there was, you know, various things that were going on in that meeting. Now, there's a lady who came, not for herself, but she came for others. She didn't really have any faith to pray for herself. Um, she was registered blind. She was in a wheelchair, and uh, she had tumours on her spine, and uh, a number of them. And, she, and her house was, was um, equipped as a disabled person. She was like in her 30s. Um, and so she was sitting there and she was praying for all the people and people were going up and being prayed for by Jack Deere. Not that he was ever kind of, he wasn't one of these like come to me and doing all that. It was just a gentle thing. It was like, you know, if you want prayer for healing, come on up and we'd like to pray for healing for you. And that was all going on. And this lady was sitting there and, and the man said to her, um, you can get up now. And, uh, and she looked around and she said to the person who was with her, who said that? And she said, who said what? She said, I just heard somebody say, you can get up now. And said, there's nobody here. She said, well, it was a man. And he said, you can get up now. And she said, there's nobody here. So she carried on praying. And then a few minutes later, she heard the voice saying, you can get up now. So she said, I just heard it again. I think I can get up now. <laughs> so she, so I, I know because I was there, this happened. This lady kind of waved a few people over. I was like the curer. I'd only just started out in all of this stuff. So I was a bit freaked, to be honest with you, when this lady was in the wheelchair, starts saying, we need some people to help this lady get up out of a wheelchair. And I'm thinking, probably a bad mood, first aid trained, you know. <laughs> Wheelchairs are there for a reason, and she's in one. But anyway, so we, a couple of people, got around her, and she, she, we got her up. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, we've done that. And then, and then she stood there, and she stood, and and she was like delighted to be able to stand. But I looked, and she was like on her ankles that she was standing, because all of it, because she was just. Everything was all like this, and she was on her ankles. And then she said, get me a Bible. Get me a Bible. And what was going on, she said later on, was that she had a, a passage that came to her mind from the Bible. It was in her head, and it was being spoken to her that she had to find this particular thing. I can't remember what it was. If I, to be honest with you, if I, if I thought I was telling this story, which I didn't when I started, then I would have found out which passage it was. But... There's this passage in the back, it was like, whatever it was, Matthew something, something, something. So she was like, what is it? Okay. So then she said, I need a Bible, I need a Bible. And, uh, but, you know, she's registered blind. And somebody put a Bible in her hand, like Tim did for me before. It was like this. And she opened it, and she looked at it, and as she did, it went to this passage, and it said, and she saw and read out loud, and, he brought, and they brought all manner of sick people to him. And he healed them all. And that was the first thing that she saw. And then she started walking on her ankles. And then she started to walk on her feet. And then she's, and we, and we like, <laughs> like that behind her. And then she sat down and she only took a few steps. But a week after, in the church, she got up from like there and came out and walked up to the front and 
gave the story and told the story about how Jesus had healed her. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And like I say, I know, I mean, I know there's some people here, and you've had, oh, I pray for healing, I pray for healing. All I'm saying with that is, you know, ask again, keep on asking. Keep on asking, don't give up yet. Just, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Just ask, Just keep on asking. There was a guy called Rich Nathan who wrote a book years ago called Empowered Evangelicals. And he talks about prayer for healing. And he, we can end up getting put off. I mean, even as a pastor, these people I've gone and prayed for and I've really had loads of faith that they're going to get better and then they didn't. And I don't know why, but I know that it doesn't happen always. But in this book, this guy said, he was American, obviously, and he was saying it's a bit like baseball. And if you never swing the bat, you're never going to hit a, whole, a home run. So swing the bat. Have a go. Pray for people. Ask, can I pray for you? And pray, and then, and then, you know, do that. And it's not, it's never their fault if it doesn't work. You know, it's not like we're going to go and say, oh, you didn't have enough faith and all that kind of stuff. But what we're going to do is just bring people to Jesus and say, have mercy on this person, please. He says, as they went and they did what he said, just that simple act of obedience they were cleansed as they went. And you know, they could have gone, are you having a laugh? <coughs> Couldn't they? When he said that, they could have been like, really? All these years, we've been like this? And you're saying, now go to the priest? You're messing us about. We're not going to do it. They could have, is that a reasonable thing? Yeah, but the thing is, maybe the strength in numbers, maybe it's the ten of them, they all thought, well, what, we got? what else have we got? We've got nothing to lose, let's do it. So they set off and they started walking in that direction. And then, I don't, you know, can you imagine what that would have felt like to kind of one of them to look at another one and go, look at you. What's happened to you? And he says, well, look at you. And, and they're just restored in some way, just healed. In, you know, it's amazing that can happen. I've seen people healed. I know it can happen. I know Jesus does that. I, I, I do know Jesus does that. I'll tell another one. We were in Haiti. I've probably told some of you this before, but it's, it's true. We were in Haiti, and there was um, Zoe. He was there. That's her. <laughs> she, uh, we were in this hotel, and we were going to go and visit some places in, on, on this island called Laganave. And in the morning, she felt that God said to her, the lame man will walk. And uh, she thought, oh, wow, the lame man will walk. Oh, I better pray about that. So um, we went and we drove miles and miles like you do on these things. And we ended up going on, I don't know, a plane or a boat. But we ended up going to this island. And then we go and we, look, we go into this church and this building. And they were, it was really to open, there was a well. And, they, and Compassion had, had built a well. And we were going to go to the opening of this well. And... Um, and as we're going into the building, I didn't know, because I was just going to do a little talk, but, but there's a guy who was sitting on a mat and he had his legs all tucked up underneath him. And, um, and there he was, sitting there. And, uh, and Zoe saw him and she thought, oh, oh no. <laughs> Lame man. Oh no. You know, what are we going to do? Anyway, then, and, um, so then she said to God, right, if, if you put him right in front of us, <laughs> Like, then, then we'll pray. Is this true? Yes. 
And uh, we were, so we, we do the worship, we do this, the kids come up and do their thing and all of this. And, it's, and, and I don't know anything about this, but we're coming out. And as we're coming out of the other door, right in front of us is this bloke sitting there looking at us. He couldn't be any fool. We like more or less fall over him going out of the door. And then Zoe says to me, lame man. And I went, yes. <laughs> I can see the lame man. And then she went, we've got to pray for him. Because you see, God had said this to her, the lame man would walk. The only problem was with this, she never said anything to me about this at any point until now when she's saying, lame man, lame man, we've got to pray for the lame man. And I'm like, okay, so I was like, Lord, bless our lame friend. And uh, be with him. Amen. No, no, she says, no, we've got to really pray for him. And I'm like, just did. You know, that was, and then it was like, no, no, come here, we're going to pray. And then, and then, so we're standing there, and then she starts to look at him, and then she says, she says, get up. And I'm like, what's she doing? Come on, get up. And then she looks at this, like me, and there's some other poor bloke standing there, and she goes, you two, grab him, grab him. Come on, get him up, get him up. And I'm like, oh, right. I'm going to kind of lift him up again, picking him up, doing what we're told. And then and his feet, are literally, his legs and everything are all tucked up underneath him like this. Because he sits there and he, he begs this guy, is what he does. And his legs are all tucked up underneath him like this. And, uh, and, he's, and he's up. And his legs are still like that. And then they start to come down. And me being a great man of faith, I'm like, oh, gravity. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and Zoe's like, praying and, and I'm like, amen. And then, and then so his, his feet straighten and his legs kind of come down like that. And then literally, you can see his, his toes went. And I'm like, what? And then he starts to. And then I look, and this guy, suddenly, his, his smile, he went like that. He was like. Uh, moving his legs. It was the most amazing thing. And then he was like, you know, we were trying to, and, and, and we're like, and Zoe's saying to this guy who's the pastor of the church, don't just put him down. Don't just leave him like you can move his legs now. You can see that he can move his legs. So, so don't just put, let him go back in a corner. You've got to get the muscles to go and get him moving and all that kind of stuff. And then we're going away and Zoe was like, a bit disappointed. He didn't actually walk. <laughs> I was like, I think he was all right. <laughs> really? Now, again, I know it doesn't always happen. But what I do know is the more we pray, the more we see it happen. So in a bit, we're going to pray for the sick. Is that all right? As they went, they were healed. How many? Ten. Ten out of ten. hundred percent. Not some of them. All of them. Ten lepers. They all asked Jesus for healing. They all got healed. They were all bewildered, all full of joy, all full of hope. But there was a key difference in one of them. Nine of them got the healing, but they didn't get the healer. Because you can have the healing and not get the healer. And, you know, to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter. But they wanted the miracle. They didn't want the Messiah. They just wanted to go back to life being better. They wanted to just go back and run off to their family to, and 
But only one in ten came back and said to Jesus, thank you. And if anything, I love what we're going to do. I'd love to be able to pray for healing. We won't do that tonight. But, but what I really wanted the message to be out was actually about gratitude and about saying thank you. Because that's the bit that I think I really want to pull out of this. Because Jesus showed love and mercy and helped all of them. And he's helped all of us in all kinds of different ways. He's done wonderful things for us in, in our lives. And... And he helped all of their dreams come true, but only one of them was grateful. Now, you might think that's a bit harsh to say, how do you know that they weren't grateful? How do you know the other ones weren't grateful? Maybe they just, you know, felt grateful and they were in a rush and they went off to see the families and all those kind of things, but they really were grateful. Like people, you sometimes hear people, I've heard people say, well, I'm thankful, I'm just not the kind of person who, to really say so. But the problem is with that, if you don't show it, they won't know it. Do you think Jesus is a person? I mean, a real person. Because we think about him, think of Jesus as the Son of God, and we have this picture of him as being the Son of God. But the thing is, he's also the Son of Man. He's also he's fully God, but we believe he's also fully human. And it seems to me, as I read the passage, he noticed who was grateful. And he noticed he wasn't grateful. And it's like he recognises gratitude. In fact, he rewards gratitude with an even greater blessing. I'll come to that. I think he does give us greater insight, greater anointing, greater knowledge, greater joy to somebody who shows gratitude. But I mean that shows gratitude, not just feels it. Because you can say, I feel grateful, but do you show it? Do you show gratitude? And I think Jesus has feelings. Because this passage seems to read like that to me. I can actually picture Jesus when I read this with tears running down his cheeks. Because he's sad. Because he was like, when he says, didn't all ten get healed? Do you think he knew that all ten got healed? It's, It's not really a question, is it? It's like, how come nine of them got that but only one really got it and it makes him sad and that makes me sad because then I think about all the times when I've made Jesus sad because he's given me stuff and done things for me and he's answered prayers and sometimes I'd, I've just just got on with it gone oh good that's alright now don't have to worry about that anymore don't have to think, I gave, you know, I prayed and it's all been sorted out. And, oh, that, or even worse, oh, that was lucky. <laughs> so if this was a simple Sunday school lesson, I think what I would teach from it is this. We can make Jesus sad when we're ungrateful and glad when we're not. That's it. We can make Jesus sad when we're ungrateful and glad when we're not. And it actually makes me sad to picture Jesus standing there with tears in his eyes or even running down his face about the nine who didn't say thank you. And again, I know I've so often been one of the nine and not the one in ten. I've not been grateful enough for Zoe. I've not been grateful enough to those answers to prayers. I've not been grateful enough for the church or for the, you know, the <laughs> people who, who've come to help or, or stepped in and do great stuff. Or, or I've not been grateful enough for just... God, for Jesus, for him forgiving me for so much and loving me so much and helping me so much and 
And, you know, I've not been that grateful enough for that. I've just sometimes I've just got on with my life. So I don't know why the nine didn't come back, but I know I sometimes haven't. And I want to come back more and say thanks. Maybe they had very important things to do and all kinds of good reasons, but the fact is, even if they felt it, they didn't show it, and we shouldn't just feel it, we should be showing it. Do something. Say thank you. Show you're grateful, because it's more than a feeling. And the good news is, even out of this, the one who said thank you got a bonus. I don't know if you noticed that. He said, your faith has saved you. The other ones, their faith healed them. But with the one who was grateful, his faith didn't just heal him, it saved him. There's a Greek word there, sozo, which basically means whole. So, I mean, you kind of think of a leper and you might think that the healing would be when their body gets whole. But actually, Jesus looked at a grateful person and he said, you're really whole. I wrote this down in the worship. It's rubbing off. <laughs> but I felt God say this to me before. There's no room for anything else in a grateful heart. There's no room for anything else in a grateful heart. His faith saved him. Because he didn't... He didn't just have no longer got leprosy. He got life. He got fullness. He got a great, full life. Should we stand? Okay. We like, we're a kind of church that does the um, everybody gets to play thing. In terms of, it's not like, oh, this is a person who's going to do the healing and all that kind of stuff. We believe spiritual gifts are for everybody. And that um, basically we can all have a go at praying for healing. So I'd like to encourage anybody who's sort of feeling a little bit of faith tonight, like, well, I could pray for somebody for healing. I could do that. Just to stick up a hand where I can see it. Brilliant. Now bring that hand to the front. And stand up here. Come up here. That's it. Come up, up here. Fantastic. Okay. Anybody need healing? Anybody need prayer for healing? I do. I'm going to be getting. I'm not tonight going to be a praying for healing person. I'm going to be a person who's wanting to come and get prayer for healing. So if you want healing, if it it could be just for it's body, mind, spirit, it's wholeness, it's all of that kind of thing. If you if you want that. Um, then, then just come to one of these beautiful people and all we're going to do is kind of stand here like this and then I'm going to invite this is how we do it so you know what's going to happen yeah one of them like Tim here is going to put his hand upon me watch this because Jesus actually said that when we pray for people we should put our hands on them he says and actually it's a sign that when we, it's, like, it's like I mean a picture somebody used it's a bit like if you put a hand up to heaven and a hand up here and a hand down there. It's a bit like you're saying, Lord, I want to be a channel for you. Because it isn't actually faith that heals, it's faith in Jesus that heals. And so we're reaching up to heaven and we're saying, God, you said, let your kingdom come and your will be done here on the earth. 
So I'm reaching up to heaven and I'm praying that down here on the earth your healing would come. And I just want to be a channel for that by faith. So it's not like I'm a, you know, doing anything. I'm no miracle worker except you're a miracle worker. And you've said you want to do it through ordinary people like me. So that's how we're going to pray. You can even put a hand up in the air and a hand on somebody if you want to do it. But just encourage you. So when they come up, you can tell them what it is. I have a bad knee or whatever. Or it's all right. Let them guess. It's fine. Yeah? Um, maybe they'll guess, maybe they'll guess wrong, maybe they'll say, oh, just tell me. <laughs> and then, and then, I, I, isn't something else, I'll tell you, well, no, I'll, I will take it in stages. So, there's a lot of people want to pray for healing, so you, some people better start feeling like they need prayer for healing, <laughs> and come up the front now so you can come and get prayer for healing. That's about, we're not going to get any weirder than that, so why don't you come up and get some prayer for healing. Stand and assume the position of a person who would like some prayer for healing. Band are just going to play quietly in the background while we do this. Please come to somebody. Men with men, women with women if possible, please. And praying in twos is good. We like to pray for couples and all that kind of stuff. Come on up, that's it, brilliant. Could be, you know, we could also pray for healing for others. It might not be for you. Maybe God's reminding you about somebody that you love and that you care about and you'd like them to be healed. Because we don't talk about the things God does. We want to see them ourselves. This is great. Thank you, Lord. over there great Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.